Hey, this is Sarah Marie, and you're listening to the Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound podcast. Here, we study the Word of God in an effort to get to know Him more deeply so we can worship Him more authentically. Sarah Marie here again. I am really excited, and I mean really excited, to kick off another season of this podcast. And this season, we're going to be focusing on a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. It's the topic that started this entire ministry. You guessed it. We are going to be talking about worship. And before you start thinking, here we go again, Sarah Marie, with that worship talk, I want to encourage you to keep listening. Critically important topics like worship and praise are so multi-layered that the more you study and the more you talk about them, the more you uncover. So I pray and I hope that you'll be able to pick up something new and fresh today and in the upcoming episodes that can ignite in you a passion and desire to offer God your continuous and best praise. Ready? Let's go. In last week's episode, I mentioned that the best result of the last several years of study of the word sound and praise and worship in the Bible is that this process transformed me from being just a worship singer into a worship warrior. And this transformation hasn't just happened to me, but as a worship leader in my local church, I have seen our entire congregation move in true freedom, move in breakthrough by prioritizing the moving of the Holy Spirit that occurs when we make a unified sound of worship. When we invoke the presence of God through our powerful and authentic sound of praise, the Holy Spirit responds to our invitation and we become endowed with the power from on high. If we're singing about fire fall down, we can't be surprised when the fire falls down, nor should we just keep going with our program or our agenda. Worship can be such a transformative and healing experience if we actually let the power of Christ work in our lives. Because once the power of Christ rests on us, we are then able to carry his glory into every sphere of influence that we have. God is calling us to be his ambassadors, to believe him at his word, and to stand up for his truth during this new era that we are living in. He is calling us all to worship and seek his presence like never before. He wants us to be fully equipped with every spiritual tool that he has given us so that we can withstand the schemes of the enemy in these last days. I say this all the time. Every season has a reason to praise the living God. But I really strongly feel that this season that we are in, it's a unique one. And it's a season to fight. 
And how do we fight against division? How do we fight against evil, darkness, and injustice? We call upon the name of the Lord. We call upon the Lord, the God of justice. We call upon the name of the Lord who is our defender. We call upon Jesus, the light of the world. We call upon the Holy Spirit, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. John chapter 4, 23 to 24 says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The Father is seeking true worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus doesn't say to the woman at the well, which is where this conversation is taking place, that the father is seeking perfect people or that he's seeking large platforms or that he's seeking stages with fog machines. He doesn't say that the father is seeking mega influential preachers or viral YouTube videos. And it's not that those things are inherently bad, but everything we do must flow from a heart of authentic worship. Everything that we do must bring glory to his name and lead others to spirit-filled, life-giving power and life-sustaining truth. If what we're doing doesn't flow from a place of worship, then it's time that we realign ourselves with God's desires. The Father is simply seeking a people, a remnant, that will worship him in spirit and in truth. A people who will believe in every aspect of his character and unapologetically worship him for who he is. A people who will worship in eager and confident expectation that God will manifest his power and will manifest his glory if we simply believe. Believing in faith in every word that comes out of the mouth of God gives us access to every good thing God has in store for us. And we know that in the Gospel of John, it says that Jesus himself is the word made flesh. So therefore, believing in Jesus and every truth that he reveals leads to restored connection and restored relationship with the Father. If you think about it, the most impactful songs are often the simplest, the ones that remind our hearts of pure gospel truth. The ones that simply declare the name of Jesus and the power that that beautiful name contains. When we worship, it's important that we don't just say the lyrics, but that we believe the words coming out of our mouths. We need to keep singing until we truly believe what we are saying and what we are declaring with our mouths. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And the more you surround yourself with truth, the more you will believe it. Worshiping in spirit and in truth 
is aligning the sound coming out of our mouths to the truth and the accuracy of who God is. I'm going to say that again. Worshiping in spirit and in truth is aligning the sound coming out of your mouth to the truth and the accuracy of who God is. And why is this so important to God? Well, like I said in last week's episode, learning how to become a true authentic worshiper, one who worships in spirit and in truth, in power and in authenticity, will help us remain firmly planted in God's truth when the rest of the world is falling apart around us. For the glory of God, God has shown me a ton of different aspects of worship, different areas and ways that we can use it and apply it, different things that it does in our atmosphere. But my absolute favorite and the most impactful is that worship is our warfare. It literally is how we fight our daily battles. And this makes sense because the Bible teaches us that God's word is a spiritual sword. So if we are choosing to surround our days, to surround our environment, to make sure that worship is always flowing from our mouths, then that means that the word of God is flowing continuously from our mouths, that we always have that weapon of defense, that spiritual sword. And not only is God's word a spiritual sword, but it's a double-edged sword because that sword, it works in two ways. First, it works inside of you. It's inward, an inward change. So when we open up our mouths, when we declare the truths of his word, we are using the living, active, powerful, double-edged sword of God to cut through the deepest parts of our nature and realigning every thought, realigning every intention of our hearts to the mind of Christ. And then after it works inside of us, it's then going to work on the outside, outwardly. When we bless the Lord at all times, we are choosing to keep the armor of God tightly on, fighting against and positioned to withstand, block, and resist every fiery dart from the enemy. But I don't want you to just take my word for it. There is so much biblical evidence that supports worship as a spiritual weapon of warfare. And we'll be looking at quite a few examples over the next several episodes. First, I want us to take a look at Psalms 89 verses 15 through 18. And it says, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name, they rejoice all day long. And in your righteousness, they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. And in your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord. And our king is the Holy One of Israel. So this These verses in in this psalm, it's saying that those who understand, those who appreciate, and those who respond to the call of worship, the ones who know that joyful sound, they are blessed. 
And not only are they blessed, but they walk in his ways. They walk in the light. They rejoice at all times. They're exalted by God's grace and mercy. And they have their horns exalted. Wait, our horn is exalted? What does that mean? Well, if you think about it, the horn of an animal is the means of their defense. Their strength lies in their horn. The horn is a symbol of power. God is to us what the horn is to an animal, our means of defense. An exalted horn was a symbol of victory. Breaking or cutting off of a horn represents defeat. So this is a promise. When we live a daily lifestyle of worship, when we know the joyful sound, we are strengthened in our warfare. When we praise, God strengthens the force of our spiritual horn so that we could battle even more effectively with more strength and with more power and so that we can achieve the victory in his name. In our daily walk with the Lord, we are going to experience struggles. We're going to experience negativity, pain, and suffering. But the word of God says that through worship and praise, we can fight through it all. Psalm 75 verse 9 through 10 says, but I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. The more and more we worship and praise God Almighty, the stronger we become to fight against whatever comes to try to take us off course. And our enemies are not only weakened, but defeated in Jesus' name. This verse says, all the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. And that's as a result of the psalmist saying that they're going to sing praises and declare forever the goodness of God. Then in Psalm 148, verse 14, and I'm actually going to read to you from the Amplified Bible Translation because I love the extra commentary that it has in this verse. But it says, he has lifted up a horn for his people, giving them strength, prosperity, dignity, and preeminence. Praise for all his godly ones, for the people of Israel, a people near to him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So who are his people? Who are a people that are near to him? His true worshipers, the ones that he seeks. And what does God do for his people? It says that he gives them strength. He gives them prosperity. He gives them dignity. He gives them preeminence. He lifts up their horn. And preeminence means um, excellence and distinction, a special people. He's looking for a special people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. 
First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The people who make a joyful sound, who worship and praise are blessed. You are a chosen generation. You've been set apart for what? To proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. So you have been called to become a worshiper, to proclaim his greatness because of all that he's done for you. You don't have to sing a song about something that doesn't apply to your life. He wants you to worship him in authenticity. He wants you to proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So whatever darkness you experience, that's how he wants you to worship him. That's the authentic worship that needs to be released. Your story, your testimony, your praise, the praise that only you can sing. He pulls us out of darkness so that we can become his true worshipers that authentically know the power of praise. Those true worshipers that rejoice in his grand ability. And it pleases God to make us strong. He delights in using you as a vessel of his power and glory. He delights in filling you with joy. He delights in giving you a garment of praise instead of the heavy sackcloth of despair. The Father delights in strengthening your spiritual weapons of defense and granting you the victory over your battles for his name's sake. And that's why he wants you to know about worship. And that's why it's something that he doesn't want you to simply do on a Sunday morning, but that it is part of your life. Worship isn't a performance. It is a critical, daily, constant communion with the presence of God. Now, I want you to remember today, the horn is our emblem of strength and power. God wants to exalt your horn. It's time to take your position as a powerful worship warrior of Christ. I encourage you to enter into a time of worship and praise right now, wherever you are. Put on your favorite worship music and worship like you've never worshiped before. And as you praise his name, focus on making a joyful and confident sound and receiving all of the blessings that come with rejoicing in the Lord with your words of worship. Declare these psalms over your life. As you praise, visualize the Lord exalting your horn, strengthening your weapon of defense and preparing you for battle. Heaven is waiting for your sound. You need to be prepared for this current and upcoming season of your life. Your horn needs to be exalted. So let's worship and praise him today with all that we have so that he can strengthen your horn. 
Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship Ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.